Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. From Postcard from the Past and Wardell Studios, this is podcast from the past the postcard podcast this is the podcast where we spend probably more time than is normal staring at old picture postcards front and back and along with my guests try to understand what it was that caused them to keep hold of these ephemeral cardboard oblongs as i say each time i welcome two guests and it's their postcards that act as tiny prompts to send us hurtling towards memories mysteries and stories I'm Tom Jackson, and I'm delighted to say that today my guests are money coach and podcaster Martha Lawton and singer and broadcaster Ian Shaw. Ian and Martha, welcome to Podcast from the Past. Hi, it's great to be Lovely here. Lovely to be here. Now, Martha Lawton works in financial education and money coaching, yes. uh, helping thousands of people to think a bit more clearly about their finances. And it is this quest to understand and unpick our complicated relationship with money that's led her to Squanderlust, the podcast she hosts about that very subject. And Martha joins us today, bearing a, a 530 uh, postmark, zip code. What What is that, Martha? Um, I think you could call it either of those things. I, I can't remember the exact... Uh, terminology in the language for that country, but it's a it's a Japanese postcode. Right. From... Why does that mean so much to you? Well, when I was nineteen, I went left home effectively um, from a tiny village in rural Oxfordshire and uh, moved for six months to the outskirts of the suburbs of Osaka, where I was the only white person for several miles around. Um, in fact probably the only foreigner for several miles around wow. um, and uh, had a, a huge impact on my life to um, just to be completely displaced in that way but also to find that these people on the other side of the world who I was told before I went were so different and you'll never relate to them were just <laughs> more people <laughs> they were just yes, more people yes. and they were every bit as as human and relatable and kind and interesting and normal and funny and petty and frustrating and lovely as anywhere else. Very good, very good. And uh, this stays with you, this uh, time you spent there? Absolutely, yeah. It, it started um, seven years of my life really dedicated to learning Japanese, to just being really obsessed with Japanese culture um, and food and art and um, not all the things that a lot of people seem to get really into the kind of uh, I don't know the goth lolita thing and the anime and the game and the video games and that kind of stuff I, I was never really into all of those things but sort of daily life in Japan just really interested me and I, I really enjoyed learning the language um, and after seven years I, I moved on and started doing other things and and that was partly when I shifted into uh, learning more about personal finance and money and so on. But um, for seven years of my life, it really sort of absorbed me a lot and, and had a big impact on, on how I see the world. I'll bet, I'll bet. Now, Martha, do you still send postcards? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my uh, goodness. Thank goodness. Only, only to my mum and dad. But Good yes. enough. <laughs> who, who could be more important? Well, exactly, exactly. And who, who would be more disappointed if they didn't get one? So uh, when, when do they receive cards from you? 
well, when I go on holiday. Uh, so if my husband and I go on holiday um, at some point in the holiday, probably probably a day or two before we come home, I'll suddenly remember <laughs> that my mum will be disappointed if she doesn't get a postcard. So in the manner of postcards, she will get one two or three days after we get back. Yes, when all the stories have been told. But it's always it's still nice to receive, isn't it? It is, it is. And I think there's something in the choosing of the image on the postcard that is um, very personal and, and very lovely. It can be quite agony, actually, kind of choosing the right one, I find. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a sort of traipsing from shop to shop that can end up happening. Um, I find myself saying the most terrible things, like, um, we won't waste that tasteful one on her. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just being honest. Uh, No, no, it's fair. It's fair. (laughs) I would never say that about my mum, though. No, no, I I wasn't talking about your mother. I'd like to get that on the record. Now, you will know Ian Shaw, I'm sure. You should should know Ian Shaw uh, as a multi-award-winning, highly prized jazz singer in this country. Um, you may have heard him on record at Ronnie Scott's or hosting the Ronnie Scott's radio show on Jazz FM. And most recently, you may well have heard, and if you haven't, you definitely should hear, his brilliant autobiographical podcast, Not Even Music. And Ian comes to us today with an SE1 postmark. Indeed, yes. I'm just looking at an actual phone box, which looks like it's 1979. It's right opposite my my living room balcony, next to the cathedral. So I I feel very much uh, in London now. Tied in. Yes, yeah. So why ST1? Why that bit of London? ST1. um, I've always lived in this neighbourhood. I went to King's College on the Strand and I found a very good greasy spoon on Kennington Road, and I just mooched around and found Lower Marsh. <laughs> These things stay with us. <laughs> <laughs> Egg on toast, 18, yeah, 50 pence, I remember it was. Mm. And I just stay, I, I always wanted to be here, so I'm, I'm here. I've moved quite a few times in this in this area. It's a fascinating part of London. It's, you know, Lower Marsh and the Old Vic and beautiful history, lots of Georgian stuff and lots of missing teeth because of the, you know, the Blitz. The, uh, it, it's just great. I love it here. Yes, and sort of slightly unrespectable and associated yeah. with show business, actually, I think. Yeah, the old days. Dirt. Filthy dirt. <laughs> Super pandemic, I can get to the, the, the filth of Soho in about 19 minutes if I put, put a pace on. Really? What, on foot? Yeah. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And slower coming home again. <laughs> um, a waddle, a waddle. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ian, when did you last send a postcard? Well, not for a long time, I don't think. And again, uh, as Martha was saying, definitely it was to my parents who are both uh, gone now. So it's been a while. Um, I, I sent a bereavement card to a friend of mine last week, in fact, and I knew that oh, I was coming to, coming to talk to you. Uh, so I had the same feeling. I wrote it in the shop, in the post office, and I had that same feeling of trying to sort of, well, first of all, to pick out the card. And I completely hear what you saying about the choice is is everything isn't it it's almost like mm-hmm. choosing i don't know alternative milk or something it's, it takes me <laughs> ages to pick a card for a birthday or something and i remember the feeling of writing writing to my parents as i was writing to my lovely friend faith who whose husband f- sadly fell fell prey to covid so i had a feeling uh, the same feeling that i got years and years ago trying to convey emotions on a tiny sort of three by six card it was quite extraordinary and i knew i was coming to talk to you so it meant a lot oh well so thanks for sharing that little yes contemporary um, thing it's very interesting oh happy day sorry oh yes but it's it's true it's surprising how powerful a message you can get across on a small piece of card actually it's um it's i think it's when i read old cards sometimes the messages leap out as if the person was standing in front of me and that's Mm. I don't know, it's testament that it can work. We're, go- we're quite good as a species at communicating. I think we are. And also, it, it sort of, it made me think how ridiculous, I mean, I'm 58 years old, it made me ridi- feel how ridiculous it, is. it, it was to choose an, the right emoji on a WhatsApp <laughs> message or something. And I just thought, this is such a, a blissful thing, trying to cram everything that I want to say on, onto a card, you know. So this postcards malarkey is really important um because it brings back so many feelings of being in the moment and real and also the innocence of 
without sounding too cruddy or old or sentimental, the innocence of the past. How sad. Uh, if only the past was innocent, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly. What you were just saying kind of says, said to me something about how the images on the front of a postcard are almost almost to the text. They're like the body language yeah. of the text <laughs> yes, somehow. Yes, they are. Yeah. Well, they yeah, can yeah. be. I, I, I think some people are probably blissful. They just pick up a card and send it. Well, um, some people are like that with their body language as well. well I suppose so. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> but I do worry. I, I worry more negatively than positively. Actually, it's it's, it's more like, mm. will this send the wrong message, rather oh. than this is a thing of beauty. But um, <laughs> I don't. And that worry. sort of confidence of, and we are here. And then there's a blue by road cross. Ah. Oh, sort of minuscule yes. hotel. Yes, yeah, I love those interventions. I heard, I heard an art historian refer to them as interventions. interventions. And I thought, oh, I love them. And, of course, that makes the card, the image which is mass-produced, personal. Mm. So it's, it's like the, the personal bit from the back of the card creeping across onto the wrong side. Mm. The, the message has been, it's been breached. That, that, that thing has been breached. Mm. I spend too long thinking about these things, as you know. <laughs> Thank um, goodness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yes, yes. So other people don't have to. Um, well, before we see and hear the cards that Ian and Martha have brought along, I've got a quick one of mine. Um, and this is a postcard from the past card, like I do on Twitter and in the book and stuff. Uh, an old card, and I've just taken a bit of the message. So um, we're not in the studio today. We're, we're recording this remotely. So Martha and Ian have got crib sheets. So they've mm. sort of, they can see the cards on a screen or on a piece of paper or something. And th this is a card... Um, of uh, the Great Orm in Clandidno. Wow. Um, and it's got a, it's a card made by Valentines, who are a, a publisher from Dundee, and it's got a lovely uh, decal edge, you know, when the edges are all uh, done like a doily. Yeah. Um, this was sent, it's hard to see the date, certainly in the 60s. It was sent to Newcastle upon Tyne to Mr. Smith, and uh, it's from someone called, someone who signs their name in a way you can't read, so you don't know who it's from. And it just says, A horrid man banged into my car yesterday and smashed it up a bit. <laughs> but I managed to drive into Llandidno. <laughs> so, just a little moment from their holiday. But uh, not Well, entirely. I hope it was my father because I grew up in Llandidno. Well, I just I, I wondered if we might have a Welsh connection for you there, Ian. So it could oh, be. It could... Yeah, no. we, we, we used to use our auntie's summer house uh, in Winchland Avenue, which was on the West Shore. So that 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 view is very familiar to me. So you could you could have been walking on the other side of the street when this card was uh, sent, perhaps. Glorious happenstance. Yeah. Yeah. As a, as a small child. Or maybe you heard the car smash. Do you know, thinking back. <laughs> <laughs> don't let the don't let the truth get in the way. Um, another quick one. This is um, a card of Lou L O O. Where's Lou? Is it in? It's uh, in Cornwall, I think. Cornwall, yeah. Yes, much hilarity to be had with the name. Uh, this is a multi-view, so four images: um, the river, the East Beach, harbour entrance, and the harbour again. They ran out of things to show us in Lou, I think. Mm -hmm. And this is from 1963. 1963, and it was sent to Master R. Elliot, who was at the Scouts Camp in um, Washbury in Bodmin. So they, they sent the card in the knowledge the post would get there while he was still at Scouts Camp, which is good. Um, oh, and this is another one inspired uh, with, with you in mind, Ian. You're, you're, you're in luck. Um, <laughs> it <me>. says, <laughs> yeah, what's it going to be about? Who knows? Oh. It says, um, dear Richard, I hope you're enjoying yourself. You are having lovely weather. And that's a twist in itself. Normally it's, we're having lovely weather. You're having lovely weather. It says, your mouse is very tame. He took a biscuit out of my hand this morning. Oh. And I'm thinking, is this a, you know, like a house mouse or a pet mouse? And then it says, mine is not quite so tame yet. We're keeping them indoors as the shed is very hot. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Love, Susan. <laughs> that's so glorious. I, that's sweet. I, I think they're pet mice. I think they're pet mice that they've both got. Um, I think so, yes. It may be his... I think a girl to her brother, perhaps. Uh, I'm not sure. But I know you had an issue with mice. It was in an episode of your podcast. Oh, yes. Well remembered. 
<laughs> yes, I had a mouse that I, I called him Keyring because he, he reminded me of the very first thing that I bought from a, a Blackpool holiday shop. You know those ones where you get pebbles that really do look like pebbles and are in fact just sugared sweeties. And I, I, I remember really, really wanting this mouse, and it was £1.25. Hmm. And mum and dad said, well, we've we've paid through the nose to go and see Scylla Black and the Bachelors. So, <laughs> And at the end of the holiday, I got this little mouse. And I've had a mouse during lockdown. Sadly, now no more, because I released him into uh, the nearest park. But he, I got this very elaborate kind of amber-coloured plastic thing with, the, you know, the sort of, bong, bong, ding, you're in, sort of humanely, hopefully. <laughs> And I let him go in the park after six weeks, I think, or maybe more, of him coming out and sort of just very, very boldly, brazenly watching the telly with me. And I even fed him, which is probably completely wrong. <laughs> and um, there was there was just one? I well, you, Oh, gosh. Because they say if you've got one, you've actually got 20. Oh, no. Oh, God, I thought that was rats. Oh, well, never mind. Well, it's this big Georgian house, so there's, there are, there's, you know, there's a... Uh, a complete existence, another strata from all sorts of creatures. <laughs> the the mice are just talking to the ghosts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he ran back in, he sort of scuttled out of the thing and then uh, he ran back into the trap which had Nutella in it. Oh. So I thought, what are you doing? This this is just getting very dark now. So I just went for a little walk and left the trap there and when I came back he'd gone. So that was oh, that's that's good. the mouse thing. But yeah, not, not a pet really, but I like to think it was in the lonely first sort of six weeks of lockdown. <laughs> we, we were all going slightly crazy, so these things gain more, more meaning than they should, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Well, I should remind everyone at home, uh, images uh, of the cars we've been looking at and we're going to be looking at are all on the blog, postcardfromthepast.co.uk, so you can see uh, we're not making it up. <laughs> now, uh, Ina Martha, you've come along today, you've grabbed from your drawers and boxes and bookcases uh, some postcards martha let's start with you what's the first yes. card you'd like to discuss with us so the first card i want to talk about is a card from jenkins key in bantham which is oh. in south Co on south coast of devon oh and, i thought uh, it was china <laughs> Oh. <laughs> well, there is a rather oriental-looking building yeah. on there, isn't there? Yeah, I guess the... Uh, yeah, it's a thatched... It's a little thatched sort of boathouse place on, on Jenkins Key. It is idyllic, isn't it? It is beautiful. Bantham is, Bantham is a, a beautiful village. It's very idyllic. has this stunning white sand beach. Um, my family and I used to stay there for... Every, for two weeks, every summer, for several years when I was a child. I think we went there for four, maybe five years running. Mm. Um, and Jenkins Key, in fact, this, this postcard looks as if it was taken from the bottom of the garden of the house that we used to stay in. Really? Ooh, yeah, lovely. which is one reason why I, I really love it. Um, so you must know that view perfectly. I know that view really, really well. I've been down to Jenkins Key quite a few times and um, there's another little key where we used to go and catch crabs that's that's opposite that. Um, I mean, haul them out of the water with a, a piece of string and a bacon rind on the end of it, not any other. Um, get your mind out the gutter, I was eight. Um, uh, <laughs> um, this actual postcard came to me by the most roundabout route so it was sent in 1989 okay. and i didn't send it it was sent by my grandmother to a friend of hers who was in a in a, a convent um and how my grandmother got it back again i have no idea oh. um but it was it was in my grandmother's effects when she passed away so Goodness. um yeah, so I, I nabbed it because it had this sentimental value of, of relating to this place that mm. I'm very, very fond of. And, um, and from her. And from her and from my grandmother. Um, and, I mean, there, there are lots of reasons why I'm very fond of Bantam, but apart from the fact that there's this sort of beautiful view and it's a really lovely beach, it's also... Um, it's this idyllic place with a kind of... A bit of a dark undertone. It's got oh, really? sort of some really interesting things about it. So, the first thing is that, in spite of looking very beautiful, it's a, Bantham is on an estuary, and if you swim in the wrong place, it has these corkscrew tides, oh these riptides that will pull you under the sea. So it's um, it's sort of all beautiful and, and cutesy on the outside, and then underneath you you have to be really careful about where you only swimming in the right places because uh, the nature will get you. Yeah, yeah. 
That'll um, teach you to do your wild swimming. Yeah, <laughs> you you better swim between the flags. Um, Did you swim, Martha? Did you swim that? I did used to swim that. I used to swim, but I was very careful, obviously, to only swim within the flags and not in the estuary at all. But uh, but yeah, no, when the tide is turning, it's a it's a dangerous place. Um, but it's also uh, in the estuary, there's this tiny little island called Burr Island. Right. Um, and Burr Island is famous because <laughs> the Burr Island Hotel is where Agatha Christie wrote a bunch of her stories and oh, actually... Wow. Ah set two of her novels on in the Burr Island Hotel and the surrounding area. Is that right? Um, so there's this incredible Art Deco hotel, and one day I will go there and stay yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, you have to. Um, yeah, and and uh, the Burr Island Hotel, you know, look it up. It's got all this kind of incredibly glamorous Art Deco. They've, they've preserved it all. This, um, is, this is a great image of Britain, really, isn't it? Beautiful yeah. thatched cottage, beautiful estuary. Yeah. But just below the surface, the waters will suck you down. The yeah. murders are being written. Yeah. <laughs> welcome, yeah. This, welcome to 2020. This is yeah. where we are. <laughs> well, and 1930 as well, remember. Mm, so I think it was ever thus. It was ever thus, indeed, indeed. Um, Martha, there's a strange, sort of, it looks like a, t- uh, a sort of a miniature Sydney Opera House on the bottom right-hand corner. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, that? I think... Think oh bird. the bottom right it's a bird that's a gull yes <laughs> oh, there you go. Ian's yeah. a city dweller <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's 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 a lovely lovely place actually um, that's that's clever as well because it's, it that's a bit of foreground interest they've had to wait for that bird they probably that's waited true. for hours <laughs> yeah yeah no Photoshop. <laughs> And what what sort of thing did the message say? I don't want to intrude on it. But. Oh no no, it's it's fine. I'm happy to read the message. It's it's actually um, very uh, acceptable for for public reading. It says. I'm glad it's not disgusting. No, indeed, from my grandmother to a nun. No, Precisely. it's not disgusting. No no, it's fine. You never um, know. My grandmother. Well, my grandmother. She did have a uh, an entertaining sense of humour, but she was. Um, yeah no, on this occasion she was suitable. Um, it says, having sweltered for the last two months, the weather changed and the day after we arrived and this evening is cold and wet and blowing a gale. I am disappointed for Sally and the girls, that be my mother and, and us, who want to swim and sunbathe. We hope for better things tomorrow. Love, Mary. Very nice. Wow. Very nice. Very, very nice. Well, I think we should all take that as our motto. We hope for better things tomorrow. That's a, that's a... <laughs> I'm just is that a nudist speech? <laughs> no, it's not. No, there was there was no uh, nudism that I certainly that I was aware of. At, I think at you're that age. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Have things changed? <laughs> maybe, maybe. I, I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> How wonderful! Very good. No, that's really nice. I like I like I like the sort of double layers of meaning in there, and and this strange journey that, that I mean sometimes it's a very sad journey that these things come back to us. Mm. Um, I mean I think we might be talking about that more later, but the sense that. Uh, both well the two things one is that there's a sort of homing instinct to these cards they come back to you because you sent them or in in this case your grandmother sent them but also because they survive paper Mm. and cardboard are quite resilient just they simply Mm. unless you set light to them or throw them in the bath they're probably going to survive yeah right ian let's let's move on to your first card what should we be looking at here gosh is that amsterdam it is isn't it you tell us. <laughs> yeah, that is Amsterdam. Yeah, my poor father, as if going to London at 17 wasn't enough, at 19 I found myself playing in piano bars in Europe. Um, and Amsterdam, mind yourself there, lad. <laughs> um, and it's a card, well, it's a very, you know, it's a very Amsterdam view. There's beautiful uh, houses and the canal, and, uh, but it's a card from me clearly thrilled that I was in Amsterdam and with a, I had a gig in a bar in a very kind of Brilliant. bar playing the piano and singing and it says dear all <laughs> that's my sister and my parents sitting in my kitchen in the flat I'm writing you a letter bit by bit but it's 12th day holiday tomorrow so I won't be able to buy envelopes mm-hmm. till Thursday everything here is so incredibly clean and beautiful the staff <laughs> at the gig bottom left corner overleaf so there's that all kind of sense of place thing on the actual oh. of the card mm. are lovely written with a posh pen found in a phone box <laughs> <laughs> good detail 
Bestated. I'm in the best club in Amsterdam. My shower broke down the other day. This was, <laughs> I guess, in the flat that they gave me above the club. Two men came in the morning while I was in bed. They must have farted 20 times and they pinched my lighter. <laughs> um, no shortage of detail here. No. And then the part that makes me really go mushy was I found your birthday present, Jill. Really excited. My, that's my sister. And we shared a massive love for David Bowie. And I, when I went to Europe, in <laughs> when I went to Europe, how sad is that? Uh, when I went uh, to uh, Europe, yes, Europe, I found that bootlegs existed and they weren't illegal. Uh. You could buy them in shops. So I found David Bowie, Serious Moonlight tour, a live bootleg, a double, and it cost me probably about 20 euros then, which was an enormous amount of money for somebody working in a in a piano bar. Um, and I put, hope you like it. Hope to see you all soon, love Ian. Ah, so, so you bought that for your sister? Mm. I did. I bought, I, yeah, I packed it so carefully in my suitcase. <laughs> I was convinced that the record was going to break, and she was completely over the moon and still has it. Um, so there's a... I, and that's the first time I've seen that postcard i had to i said to you tom didn't i, I had to get my sister to ransack my parents boxes which are stored in my sister's garage and <laughs> all of these postcards that i used to very diligently send from i did piano bars for about five years all over the world and wow. um i learned my craft i suppose you could say um and i did live because i went to so many different places you know spain where did i go i went to um cuba new york wow um, wow. I, it was a, an incredible stroke of luck. I found this agent called Jack Fallon, can of variety, this old um, <laughs> Canadian bass player that set up an agency in North London in Palmer's Green. And I remember auditioning for him. And I was, a, I was a bit of a punk. So I went down the steps of this very posh nightclub when there was a grand piano, uh, you know, peacock Lee dressed. And he's <laughs> You got a passport? And I think I did some Billy Joel or something. And he said, no, you're, you're ideal for this piano entertainer thing, which is basically you sitting in a corner for four hours, not taking even a wee break, oh, and God. trying to entertain people with songs that they know to encourage them to drink more at these various quite grim places, I suppose, that, that were <laughs> interested only in selling alcohol. So it was a, it was an extraordinary time for me, and it, 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 really, it really sort of made me into the man that my father always wanted. It must have been a second education in (laughs) in the business, certainly. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was. And I I have fond memories of it and also very kind of bleak memories of it sometimes because I was desperately lonely and, you know, in the middle of Mm. southern Sweden in a place called Boros, which was a uh, a moated uh, small town and there was a ghastly hotel, some 1970s hotel in the middle of it. And I was playing the piano there while businessmen had their dinner so I did four shifts and then eight with the staff which was the best bit of the gig actually yeah getting to know the staff because this is not like going on tour with a band you were on your own yeah I I was completely on my own and I still do that show I still do solo shows because it's easy I can do what I like I can improvise I don't have to I'm not a slave to my band or an orchestra if I'm working with an orchestra so it's it's still but it still reminds me of that kind of trying to get the room on your side, you know, which <laughs> thankfully for the last, I suppose, 25, 30 years, I haven't had to do because people know what they're getting when they... They book to see you. It's different, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> not some weirdo with a man who can sit in the You're not getting in the way of their drinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess that's... that's a, that must be a moment you cross in your career, is it, that you, you stop being something that's an irritant and start being something people actually want. <laughs> There's a cream for everything, Tom. Yes. Um, I suppose, yeah, it was the comedy circuit because I found myself accidentally on the stand-up comedy circuit working with, you know, Julian Clary, Joe Brand, Mark Steele. I mean, I had a ball singing sort of vaguely political, funny songs with a guitarist. So that sort of pushed me into a bit more of a listening room, you know. And also that really, really, really kind of was a tough trading because you go on as a as as music in and in those days it was called the alternative cabaret circuit which was a sort of anti anti sort of government anti thatcher uh, stance um so you go on after that with a bit of music and it's like yeah you know <laughs> time to go to the toilet everybody so it was <laughs> it was from the frying pan literally into the fire of the london comedy scene yeah very it's a nice it's a nice card there and <laughs> it was kept. That's the point. It wasn't sort of, oh, thanks yeah. for that, we'll throw it away. People do hold yeah. on to these things. It meant something when you sent it. 
Yes, it did. I did. Weirdly, I don't have any cards, any postcards in my in my house in London. Um, Apologies, listener, for as a pair of dogs have found their way into my house. Well, that's very nice. I, I, I love that. Show. And I, I know that this is the kind of card that um, when I put things like this on Twitter, there are people who always look at all the cars and argue about the different models of which car is which. <laughs> um, so there's a yeah, there's certainly a, 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 this night view on, on the side of the canal. They parked quite carefully. And the cars look older. This When was this then? Late 80s? No, this would have been, <clears throat> excuse me, it would have been 84, maybe 85. Oh, okay. Yeah, the cars yeah. look older, don't they? They do. Maybe they the, do. maybe it was an old photograph at the time. Yeah, those are definitely 70s cars, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Uh, those are the days. Yeah. <laughs> were they, though? <laughs> no, of course they weren't. Of course they weren't. These are the days. We just don't oh. know it. Yes, exactly. Well, that's a, thank you for sharing that one, Ian. I, I'll give you a quick one of mine. Um, yeah. This is, um, well, this is from my favourite uh, publisher of postcards. This is uh, a, a company called Constance, um, who were based in Littlehampton. And then later years, I think they're actually based in Streatham. And uh, it's a it's a, a card of 10B, so another mm. Welsh card. It's a, a multi-view. Lovely blue. The whole thing is blue. It's blue sky, blue sea. Blue cliffs for some reason, but it's all blue. Mm. Um, I, I like I like these constants because I like the um, austerity of the uh, black uh, bed that they put the, the, the words on on the front. I, for some reason, that appeals to me. Um, not, not not being too jolly. And mm-hmm. the thing I liked about this card is, um, oh yes, I don't know if you'll see uh, the rye side to this. I, I think it's kind of interesting. It says uh, Hilda and Frank have done some beautiful paintings. They really need another room for all their work. (laughs) To me, it just... I don't know. It sounds a bit like, I wish they'd put them in another room. But I don't think that's what it means at all. But just for me, I just... I don't know. Excellent. They really do need another house to put them in. They do need a shed to put them in. They need a skip. (laughs) It doesn't spoil... Sorry. No, no, I was going to say, I, I went on holiday a few years ago to a house that was, I think, used sometimes for an artist's retreat. Ah. And um, there was some spectacularly terrible art all the way through <laughs> the house. Um, and in particular, something with a sad clown on it looking ah. over the dinner table, which was, uh, you know... Well, they really just... did need another room for those. They did, and and what the owners had done to get another room for it was to to put it all in the guest house and then oh, I see. let the yes. guests deal with it. Yeah, so they kicked it out of their house and chucked yeah. it into good idea. And chucked it into the chucked it into the house they were letting out. Um, yes, and gave that's us a, all something a, to talk about. Good strategy, actually. Mm. Oh, it's, yeah. we've we've got your paintings in pride of place mm-hmm. in the, in the other building. Exactly. <laughs> If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Podcasts from the Past, the Postcard Podcast. And my guests today are singer Ian Shaw and money coach Martha Lawton. Now, a surprise, we've received a postcard. Um, The postcard is of Trier in in Germany. And um, it comes from uh, Mrs. J. Higgs. And she says that the answers are one, Holy Island, and two, Gertrude Jekyll. Well, I'm sorry, Mrs. Higgs, they're the wrong answers. Uh. Now, Martha, back to you. Yes. What's the second card you got for us? This is this rather alarming looking card. It is. Um, yeah. So this is, it's actually one of a small stack that I've kept. Um, and it shows a young woman uh, who has dive-bombed into some water and there's lots of sort of bubbles. It's it's shot from underwater, so there's lots of bubbles you can see rising to the surface around her and her hair is streaming upwards through the water and her clothes are sort of gathered round her where she's got her knees tucked up. It is beautiful. It, it is, is quite stunning, beautiful. stunning. Yeah, it's it's student art. Ah. And I have a collection of these postcards, most of which are some kind of student art, um, and some of them are corporate art. So I've got one which is an eye where the eyelashes are all uh, palm trees, and that's for advertising bounty bars. Um, <laughs> they came in search and... <laughs> of paradise. <laughs> exactly. And they found it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and there are sort of there are some charity ones and, and various others, but they all have these quite striking images on them, and I used to stick them up on the walls in my halls of residence in university because you move into your university halls and it's like you get a little sort of prison cell room uh, with a hard, narrow, creaky bed, what my Japanese teacher used to call a student morality bed. (laughs) Um, It's just just too small and uncomfortable for two people. Um, (laughs) The SMB. (laughs) That's the one. Um, And I, I... used to get these postcards from bars. I don't know if anybody else remembers this being a thing. Oh, yes. Sort of boom, boomerang be... were one of the companies. That's that them, the one. So these are boomerang cards. Ah. Um, and I, I kept this whole stack of boomerang cards. And they had this thing where you could, if you were a student artist, you could send your art to be potentially selected to be ah. on the boomerang cards. Um so and, this isn't actually uh, advertising anything. I mean, so those, the, no. those were fundamentally advertising cards. So yes. Did they just commission these so that there was sort of so good, that there was... good stuff amongst the ads? To sort Absolutely. Of... And I, I was thinking, because I didn't think I had personal postcards to talk about on this on this show, apart from the, the Bantham one. But I had this big stack of boomerang cards and I realised, so there's all this sort of student art of variable quality, most of it sort of, yeah, pretty good. Um, some of it really, really lovely. Some of it just kind of um, a bum in a tube of netting or something. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Um, I should have sent you that one. Uh, and but but you know, the, the, in amongst these were the commercial ones, and I realised back in the day, this is just pre-digital Instagram. Yes, yes, mm. yes. Mm. It's it, yeah. It's just hard copy Instagram. Um, and that I just found that kind of fascinating that that something that we think of as incredibly new mm. actually existed, but in a very different format. Um, and they've back in almost gone, I think, these advertising cards, haven't they? You do still see them some, in a few places. You, yeah. you spend your time in a lot of uh, clubs, Ian. Do you, do you, when you're performing, do they have this sort of thing sitting... In the, yeah, in the lobby, or not, not, not so much. I think, but I do remember the boomerang thing very clearly. And you know, as um, during the poverty bits, we used to nick them and make them into postcards and send them off. Yeah, um, yeah. You could, you could sort of grab a whole handful. It's so Martha. The thing that strikes me about this card is is actually her footwear because 
It's the mm. only thing that kind of puts it in some sort of, I was going to say contemporary context, but of course Converse have been around since the, oh, yeah, yeah, the, early, yeah. 19, the early 20th century. But they're so clear. She's wearing that beautiful olive-coloured Converse um, footwear. And it, it sort of gives it a whole new thing, really, because it almost looks like they've been grafted on, doesn't it? They're so clear, aren't they? Those, those, those Converse oh, yeah. trainers. Yeah. And without oh, them, what? it could be Ophelia. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say the rosette, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's funny because nowadays if this actually were Instagram, that would be a sponsored post for Converse. Wouldn't it? Um, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> whereas back in the day it is, of course, just uh, yeah. just an image of a woman jumping in. But Converse was so big because this was, we're talking about 1998, 2000. I mean, we're sort yeah. of in the post-grunge yeah. uh, beginnings of... Um, the kind of blur oasis, well, height of the blur oasis kind of fame era. Mm. Um, so you know, Converse All Stars that was just that was just what you wore all the time if you were the right age to be to be doing that. It's really mm. the sort of peak of if that I thing. if I'd been an art student and this was my picture that was put on one of these cards, I think I'd have just literally gone to every bar and just taken every single one of them, <laughs> which, <laughs> which would defeat the object because you want them to be disseminated. But I'd just yeah. be so excited. Yeah, yeah, you'd be thrilled, wouldn't you? You would. Yeah. Have you you must have had promotional postcards at some stage, Ian? Yes, I've got some of those. Um yeah, it was my mum that used to I used to give everything to my mother who who died in um 2012. So that, that you know there are boxes and boxes of newspaper cuttings and things from various, you know, Sunday supplements and things that she kept. And uh, it's like going back and thinking, am I actually 87 years old? So <laughs> these yellowing reviews from the Sunday Times and things. Yeah, but the, not so much. We, we have um, uh, my wonderful manager, Charlotte. She puts uh, cards, mailing list cards on if I do a cabaret gig, you know, like a couple of hundred people. Well, Sunday I'm doing one and it's third capacity. I'm lucky to be out there singing uh, mm. you know, in this time. Oh, gosh. Yeah, mm. so you'll get a little card saying if you'd like to subscribe to Ian's mailing list, which I think is really sweet because that really is something which doesn't really normally happen. It's uh, it's normally a code from your phone or something. Yes. But she still does that, and people like it a lot. Yes. Um, and as I get older, I think my, my, my fans get older with me, I suppose. <laughs> I hope, anyway. yeah, yeah. It's always nice to see a young couple sitting in the audience sometimes, but... <laughs> Yeah, the card thing. I like them. I've <clears throat> my kitchen is awash with all sorts of uh, real things, you know. And I've got two pin boards in there, and they do have cards and uh, things on them. And the house that I live in is it's made into flats, but we all send each other little cards and leave them in the lobby, and it's it means Very a lot. Good. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. I think I think the music business and publishing business um, are big. Are still big postcard sort of uh, nexuses mm. because uh you know books very often have a promotional postcard that is sent out when when they're ready and and yeah. i think also uh you know albums and, and even um sort of fan club things for maybe that's less less popular now but there used yeah. to be these sort of fan club postcards and as you the, say, the, the biggest was... thrill of all was during lockdown was walking into daunts a couple of months ago and just um standing there with my mask on <laughs> fully sanitized from head to toe but breathing in through my mask the 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 sort of the smell of oh. paper and wood and, and the bookshop smell <laughs> yes. yeah 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 that's um that's very unique mm. yeah real physical paper things are are different from the virtual world definitely mm-hmm. and there is a slight sort of grim connection with your two cards here martha which is you talked oh, about yes. people sort of drowning in the whirlpools oh my goodness and then and oh then gosh have... and then i've got this uh yeah the the, yeah. the dive bombing woman i mean i'd yeah. like to think that she's just she's just dive bombed and then she's going to bounce back up again out of the water with a big grin on her face and she's yeah. just a, you know like a sort of student um a student prank you know there are places where people jump into the water when they've just graduated oh, yes, and that kind yes. of thing so bloody idiots i know well and indeed that that's not necessarily particularly smart um depending on where you do the jump but uh but, only jump no, where it's deep enough people i guess the joy of the image is we can't tell we can't yeah, tell whether okay. she's coming up again yeah uh, yeah i yeah. like to think i like to think she's only got her head down because of the jump and then she's i hope going so to i hope so again. i think so <laughs> 
Very good. Very good. Well, thank you for that one. Um, now, Ian, we, we, we're on to your final card, which I think is uh, looks very conventional to me. A sea, uh, is it a lake or a, the sea? Yeah, it's it's Bermuda. <laughs> is it, by God? <laughs> very good. It's Bermuda, and it was the one and only time that I went there as a piano art entertainer. Again, sorry to be... Uh, to keep this thing going, but that was what I was doing. And um, it was a most peculiar alien place to me, you know, British colonised and all the rest of it. So it felt like being in deepest Surrey, but with policemen <laughs> with red shorts and beautiful weather and the whole thing of the Bermuda Triangle hanging over it and incredible wow. food and stuff. But I'll just quickly read it. It's a very short postcard. This is a marvellous place. <laughs> I'm having a good time and I hope they ask me back again. They didn't. <laughs> Stuart and Chris and I are having a great laugh. I have no idea who those two men, boys, are. Swimming, <laughs> drinking and riding around on ridiculous motorbikes. Everybody likes me. <laughs> I had a night off and I must have eaten something which disagreed with me. Oh. Okay, mine are very kind of scatological, aren't they? I'm sorry. I had lunch parties and snorkelling exhibitions. I mean, what was I at this point? Noel Coward? Um, <laughs> what a lie! I'm not buying clothes, as they're far too expensive. I'll get them in London. I got an okay tan, not very deep, but I'm certainly not as pale as before I came, Mum. (laughs) Mum and I are sort of quite fair skin. I intend to spend the last week every day on the beach. The boys leave Tuesday and I fly back to London Thursday, so a long phone conversation will ensue, hopefully, from London. Now, the reason why this gave me a chill was because on my last... On the penultimate day, I had the most awful motorbike accidents and ended oh, up gosh. in a coma oh my in God. Bermuda for 24 hours. And um, I think it was induced. I hope it was. And then I woke up. Um, I'd gone out and they, the, the bar, which was called the King Henry VIII Restaurant, and guess what? There were six waitresses. You know, <laughs> dressed. Oh, dear. Was it uh, beheaded, ball, uh, survived? I can't remember anyway. <coughs> Somebody will know this. Uh, and I drank Perno uh, as my goodbye drink. I've never, I hadn't had it before and I haven't had it since. And <clears throat> I got on my tiddly little bike and oh. I, it was hot and I went the wrong way around the roundabout. And the next minute I was halfway down a cliff and I'm, I still have the scars on my legs and lips to prove it. And I was oh woken God. up very gently by an Irish nurse that I can remember exactly what she said. She said, sure you're like a jam sandwich when we brought you in here. And she said, we phoned your parents yesterday. And I just thought, oh my God, you phoned my parents. You know, hello, your son's in a coma. This is, this is nurse, you know, Mary talking from Bermuda General Hospital. So that was the thing that I panicked oh about. Most. And then I had the very, very flashy flight back to London. I was in a lot of pain, but I was okay. You know, I was just sort of uh, bashed around a bit and scarred and it looked far worse than it was. Um, and I, I came back and my, my luggage followed me the week, a week later. So it was a sort of, when I looked at that card, it gave me a real kind of sense of, oh gosh, never mind yeah. me going to, you know, my going to Amsterdam, my dad thinking he's, surely he'll be having prostitutes every two hours no 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 my poor parents having been told that their son because we my brother died um when predeceased me actually but the whole thing of my brother gareth hung over the family so i was kind of gosh i was a real you know gift i suppose if you want to look at it like that so um and i i also then nearly drowned when i was three so my poor poor parents having gone through all this being phoned from Bermuda General Hospital by by Julie Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> and who? How did this? Who who arranged for you to go home? Who made all that? Oh, happen? The, the the rest of the, the gig that I that I was playing at, and and my then agent Jack Fallon, they they all kind of you know came forward on, over various long long distance phone calls, and they sorted everything out. And they changed my ticket, and they made Thank sure that God. my luggage. Mm. One of the the one of the waitresses, in fact, packed my all my clothes because I was going to pack the next morning and then whiz off back to Heathrow or something the next evening. But that did not happen. I was I was in Bermuda for slightly longer than I expected and I remember getting a, a very kind of, I felt very important on the on the aeroplane on the way back because I got the, <laughs> they gave me champagne and I was upgraded and my leg was out and 
I just, oh you know, just thought, well, good comes out of bad. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I couldn't work. Make the most of it. Yeah, exactly. But there's something about the, 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 the glassy water in that picture, though. That that's that's yeah. clearly the calm before the storm. Well, yes. And, and uh, yeah, and I, I did find it very... I was there for a month, exactly. And I met, I met some extraordinary people, probably not people that I would generally... I suppose be drawn to um, a lot of kind of what we call expats, you know, whatever that means these days, mm. and um, and very nice people as well. Very uh, the island thing, the, the the sort of insular thing was very very apparent there. It was everything was very limited, you know, tiny with a one tiny post office on I think it's called Hamilton, isn't it, capital? Um, and the food was just glorious. I I don't eat meat, so I, it was it was seafood. So I, it was a beautiful beautiful month the like of which I'd never really experienced. I think I was 21 at that point. Uh, and I had a girlfriend. I'm gay. I had a girlfriend. And we were going through all sorts of uh, changes and things, and I was doubting my sexuality. So it was a very kind of potent era uh, for me. And that postcard sort of says it all really. So the, as you said, Tom, the, 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 the blandness of the of the postcard was the the absolute sort of antithesis of what was really going on, what was about to happen, both in my love Gosh. life and also with my legs and my mouth and my arm and my oh. dislocated shoulder. Wow. Gosh, it, it certainly ca captures a moment, doesn't it? <laughs> a moment <laughs> of your life. You could say that. So I was dive-bombing in my own way, Martha, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Took a little like longer to come the, to the connections between the cards are, 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 <laughs> really are becoming are. slightly alarming. <laughs> Very yeah. good. Oh well, look, thank you. I'm I'm so glad that you, that you rediscovered that card actually, because yeah. painful though the memories may be, I, I, it, it it's part of you, isn't it? Yeah, my sister sent tons of them because I got completely excited by being invited on this, and I just wanted <laughs> to get the right ones, and she sent you know the 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 picture and the the body of the writing and they were all fairly similar they're all kind of young and hopeful and wanting to probably not, I've never wanted to be a you know a star I just always wanted to sort of work really so they were they're quite a positive they, they they're written like it's a, like it's another person that I don't recognize myself <laughs> at all in those I was super confident and yet yes. there's an underlying Love me, please, because you know uh, nobody listened. Nobody listened. I was mm. I played and sang, and not that many people listened for five years. <laughs> yes, and you are quite well. You were one was quite cut off when you were abroad in those days. So that postcard, yeah. you could you could pour a bit more out into it. Now you're so much more connected. If only that you see the news and that you can see what people are up to on social media and stuff. Yeah. You were you were cut off. You were, and it made it rather special and unique, but it also made it very, I suppose, very alienating. And at that age, between, you know, 19 and, I suppose, 19 and 24 was my period of doing these bars. Um, it was quite discombobulating at times and, and very temporary. You know, I'd go somewhere for a month or two mm. months and maybe meet someone, maybe fall in love a bit with someone or... Uh, get all, up to all sorts of adventures and then almost it reminds me when I do a theatre piece a play as an actor you, you, you've got this really intense kind of period of work and then you perform it and then oh we must keep in touch let's do a given it you never do you just don't you, just, you only come across you only come across things by accident you know again oh yes do you remember we were in that thing together so yes it, it's it, it, yeah you are cut off and um, uh, yeah uh, there's there's good and bad with, with the immediacy of social media, I think, and the immediacy of what's happened, knowing when someone is online and panicking if they're online and they haven't answered you and things. None of that was there. It was no, such no. an age of of simplicity, really. But I suppose you can say that with every kind of every zeitgeisty passing moment, can't you? Yeah, though I think the technology, the, the technological changes we're in now in the digital world are big ones. I think they are big ones. I think they are changing a lot of things about our brains and communication. But, uh, but uh, you know, you can't do much about them. So you kind of have to work. You have to navigate them. You can't. Um, you do, yeah. And they slightly malign trust as well. I I found recently. Um, yeah. They do. They 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 give you a, a whole different perspective. There's a darkness about, um, you know, the famous WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger or these things that I 
I, that we're all involved in, whether we like it or not. Even my sister, who I'm not joining any of that nonsense. Yes, <laughs> right. Yes. Look, there's a picture of your dinner. <laughs> I didn't get there by accident. <laughs> well, that's brilliant. So, so, look, Ian, thank you so much for sharing that. You know, quite resonant, painful card. Mm, really, pleasure. really interesting. <laughs> and thank both of you for, for for sharing your cards. I always say the same thing. I I never know where the cards will send us. Um, mm. And, and I, it's really good that you share them with me and with each other and 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 with the listeners. Um, another reminder for people at home, images of these cards uh, will be available on the website, um, postcardfromthepast.co.uk, so you can see the girl with her converse, you can see the placid waters uh, before Ian's accident, you can mm-hmm. see you see them all. Um, oh, including um, this last one, which I would normally hand over to the pair of you to have a look at, but um, mm-hmm. I can just wave at you. Um, it's, it's a card... Um, that is a sort of square postcard uh, in pink, so um, you can see it in front of you. And um, I can't exactly ask you to look at it uh, in any detail, but I can ex- describe to the viewers. It's a card which is um, actually made of plastic. It's not made of cardboard. Um, but it is a postcard because on the back it has um, actually sort of etched into it that um, dividing line you get down a postcard and it lines for an address and a line for a square for a stamp and it says 14 Zwati uh, for the stamp, so I guess it's more than mm. usual. Mm. Um, and on the front, you can't see this, obviously you can see there's a hole in it and it, it's a postcard record. Oh. Um, so um, if I ask young Tom, who's back at uh, Wardle Studios HQ, very nicely, he might be able to press some buttons and make something happen, then we can hear it. Mm. And it starts with talking, this one. Zdrowych, wesołych świąt wielkanocnych, miłemu koledze Piotrkowi z rodziną, przesyła z Polski Zygmunt z rodziną. So that bit was was a dedication, and it said... Wishing my dear friend Peter and family a healthy and happy Easter. So it's been personalised in a shop. Wow. I'm not sure this is quite your style of singing, Ian, but it could be. (laughs) I'm loving it. It's a Polish song from the war uh, called The Poppies of Monte Cassino. It's a very uh, patriotic song about the battle in Italy. I had uh, relatives posting in Italy. Ah. Okay. In fact, uh, my great grandfather, great grandfather, possibly great, no, great great grandfather, was unhappy because my one of my great aunts, who was in Italy, was, seemed to be getting involved with an unsuitable male. Oh yes. Um, and so he sent a message to one of his sons who was posted in Turkey, I think, and said, you need to go to Italy to sort your sister out and stop her from marrying this man. And of course, I mean, the idea, they had no way of explaining to him that there was no way they could, that, you know, the Second World War is going on. We cannot just leave our posting in Turkey and go to Italy and sort sort my sister out even if we were so inclined this is not a thing we can do well family um, business is important to sort you know? well absolutely <laughs> absolutely we can't we can't have any of that going on yeah so wow. there we go well as the pink flowers continue to rotate at exactly 45 rpm that's it for this time on podcast from the past i'd very much like to thank my first class guests for sharing the postcards from their pasts martha lawton and ian shaw thank you both Thank you. Pleasure. Wonderful. And thank you for listening. Bye for now. see more postcards with their messages posted every day on Twitter. Do follow me at Past Postcard. 
And you can buy the book, Postcard from the Past, by me, Tom Jackson, at Amazon and all good booksellers. And if you're looking for podcast production, check out wardorstudios.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.